Somehow it seems that Satan is more active today than maybe even sometimes in the past. But uh, certainly he's active through communism, through the you know, Black Lives Matter or burning, looting, uh, murdering, as other people describe it. She, her, hers, he, him, his. I've been a fan of Tucker for years on uh, various uh, cable news shows, but it's such a thrill that he's on at 8 o'clock every night on the Fox News channel. You're listening to the Fakertarians podcast. Fuck Tucker Carlson. All right. Welcome uh, to the Fakertarians podcast. This is episode 52. Um, we are without John today. So um, it's me, Jeremy Kontorowitz. We got our tech guy, Archie, and then um, Craig Bowden uh, is our guest today to talk about uh, the anti-war rally that uh, the LP has thrown their support behind. Um, and really, we're just going to kind of break things down and um, we'll see all your comments. So if you have something to say, uh, go ahead and uh, and comment and we'll try to we'll try to respond. All right, so this anti-war rally let's give some background on it is it february 19th um the lp started promoting this what mid-december or so yeah they started chatting about it yeah and it only recently kind of gained some more attention i remember looking at it initially and and my first impression when i looked at it was oh no this is this is not uh this is not good this is not anti-war this is just looking to be uh you know just you know it's got some really weird demands and really weird narrative and i'm like yeah this is just weird and then i started looking at you know the the speakers and it just kind of got weirder and weirder and and then the moment dan mcadams popped up and like okay yep i know where i i know where this is going i know what uh what circle of hell this is and so what was let's see your first article that you wrote because you've written eight articles so far correct yeah (laughs) and uh, see that was January twenty eighth. So what, two weeks ago? You've Give or take, yeah, a couple days. You put uh, put out an article every two days, just breaking down this this absolute crazy. Um, let's see if I can get my computer screen up because we can take a look here. Yeah, let's. Yeah, come on. There we go. Share screen and there we go. All right, there it is. So, yeah. So what we've got here is Angela from the Libertarian Party and then Nick Branna from the uh, the People's Party. Um, now you've discovered or. Kind of some things have come across with uh, with that um, have having it or hasn't it, um, especially like what the People's Party. Um, you know, there's some interesting things there. What um, what all of you have you found with the People's Party? 
Um, well, one of the things that I noticed when I was just kind of, because I'd heard some rumors uh, once people started catching wind that he was involved, that um, a lot of the projects that he does, there's total lack of transparency, that a lot of them seem to be more like giving him a payday as opposed to actually doing the real activism work. Um, and then just there, there came up accusations of sexual harassment, possible sexual assault, um, that he's purging people that try to change anything, um, just a whole lot of stuff. And so just kind of went down the rabbit hole with him a little bit. Um, and let me scroll up on my own screen here just so that I can <laughs> make sure my memory is refreshed. I believe that was article number seven or eight. Um, but basically, um, one, one of the situations, uh, there was a group within the People's Party that were noticing some things like lack of transparency. Um, I mean, when you look on the People Party's website, um, they haven't actually updated their transparency page with like how much money has been donated and things like that since I believe it was the first quarter of 2021. So almost two years um, since they've actually given an update on, you know, how much money the party has. Um, and the funny thing is, it's not even uh, set up as a political party. So with, with the Libertarian Party, for example, they're set up uh, where they have reporting requirements with the Federal Election Commission. Um, it's a little bit more detailed on what needs to be reported, um, as well as things that you need to put comments on, like what the stuff was for. Um, I mean, they, they're pretty strict about a lot of that stuff. You mm -hmm. can get fined. Um, all kinds of things like that. Um, but where yeah, Mises, they're organized... Mises knows, the, knows that fine, <laughs> the fining <laughs> pretty well. Um, but what you, you get um, a little bit more leeway on things that you can also spend money on with the type of organization. Uh, I believe it's organized as a 501c4. Um, so it's actually set up more to be a civics organization as opposed to um, an actual political party. Um, let's see, yeah, there it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, quarter one, uh, the last revision was on April 8th of 2021. Um, and I, I got that screen capture um, on the 9th, so just two days ago. Um, and so they, they're not really letting members know. Now, granted, they do have the links. Um, to like the IRS disclosure page and stuff like that. But it's, you, you got to look. Um, I'm just kind of starting with some of the issues that I found. Um, I mean, ob obviously, I, I kind of talked about this in the very first article. Um, when, when you go through his Twitter account, there's a lot of really pro-Russia stuff. Um, I mean, not like outright supporting, uh, per se, the war effort that Russia has going on, but... Uh, more so the apologetics that you get, like the justifications for why they went um, and why the United States, uh, NATO is evil and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the one thing that he does have is uh, the pinned post on his account. And Craig, uh, I just wanted to let you know, if you wanted to share your screen for any of this, feel free, just click the, the present or share button at the bottom and you're able to yeah. share whatever you'd like. Yeah, no problem. Uh, let me see. I can actually do that right now. Uh, 
Sorry, I just knew that you're bringing up visual aids. So I was like, if you want to bring them up, we can do that. Yeah. So his pin tweet, let me kind of zoom in a little bit. You guys can see it a little bit better. Um, so it's got a little uh, article basically praising Vladimir Putin. Um, how does Putin stay so popular while losing the war in Ukraine? Um, and this was something that he had posted on uh, September 30th of 2022. And Nick says, uh, because he's not only winning the war, he's uniting the world against American hegemony. Um, so um, clearly he has a little bit more of a bias towards, um, you know, Putin. Um, and let's see. Get out of there. Um, so he has a bias right off the bat um, as one of the organizers. And so that was something that I always found concerning because when it, it's an anti-war rally uh, and just a little bit of background on me, I actually came into the overall liberty movement because I had served in war and wanted to do something to help kind of stop that, um, you know, what, whatever I could do. And so anti-war activism was actually one of my first steps into really uh, speaking out against government. Um, and so when I see somebody that is kind of in almost championing um, a world leader that ordered an invasion, to me, that's not anti-war at all. Um, and, and so I made sure that this is something that is prominently put there because he decided to prominently put it there. Um, and it, it's just kind of a pain in the butt uh, to see that kind of stuff. Um, but just kind of moving on with him. Um, I do know that he is getting paid um, as a chairman uh, with, with the uh, People's Party. Um, about every two weeks, he's paid $1,750. And they're by no means, uh, you know, rolling in the dough. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd, based on what I saw with the IRS filings, the Libertarian Party is actually the big fish in this situation. They're the ones that have a lot more money. They're the ones that have a lot more uh, network, everything like that. Um, but yeah, he, he's taken uh, $3,500 a month um, every, or every, every month, basically, uh, of donor money. And they're pulling in maybe uh, some months, it's only like eight, 9000 So about a good third of the money is just going straight into his pocket. Just... Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, the big two, yeah, they pay their chairs and stuff stuff like that, but they're also bringing in stuff like 40 million, hundred million dollars. So they can kind of, you know, afford to pay a chair position. Um, when you're talking about these grassroots organizations, um, you know, you, you don't really have the ability to do that. And to me, I think that needs to be fully understood uh, with, you know, the donors for the People's Party that he's getting $3,500 a month of their donations. Um, so that, that was one thing that I felt needed to be noted. Um, as for accusations of a, a corruption that I found, um, basically a group got together and they were trying to petition um, basically for some changes. Um, uh, I can't remember what all changes they were, um, but, but basically they wanted more transparency. I know that was one of them. Um, they wanted to have some actual bylaws, um, you know, a, a little bit more accountability in the 
uh, movement for people's party, everything along those lines. And at first they had started some negotiations with the uh, national coordinators and um, about halfway through, they just basically kind of um, found out that they were booted from all the systems and getting emails from people that, you know, they were, you know, picked because there was, you know, this infiltration, um, you know, referring to like Democrats and stuff. Um, but I mean, basically what they were doing is they wanted a more horizontal um, organization where it's not so top down. Um, that way it's a more democratic organization. Um, that, that was one of their things. They wanted more transparency, um, a little bit better organization, um, authenticity, accountability, and they kind of break down everything in their uh, list of demands. And then suddenly, you know, a good chunk of volunteers are suddenly no longer having access to anything. They are getting emails um, basically saying that there was all this stuff that, you know, was going on and they had to boot people. And it's like, but we were just asking for, you know, some help. Um, at one point, uh, Nick Barana actually apologizes to one of the individuals in uh, an online meeting that they did. Um, and I actually shared the tweet in my article um, from this gal. Um, and she actually has the video evidence of everything as well as some of the email evidence. But he apologizes that this happened. We still want to work with you, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then she gets another email basically saying that she was removed from the People's Party again, even though she was already removed. Um, you know, so it, it, it's just one of those things where it's just really crazy. And then um, similar to like what we experience after everything happens, um, you know, Nick, he goes on and he starts doing some of the podcast network type stuff with his allies that do uh, podcasts to basically put out his own version of the story, gaslight a bunch of people about what happened, you know, telling this is what really happened um, rather than, you know, saying it was a petition that was xyz and we don't like it like he's not being honest about what it is um from there we get into stuff that's a little bit nastier um there's been um an accusation of sexual harassment against him and when i was actually reading the story um you know based on the fact that he, it's claimed that he had actually pushed himself on top of the gal um, before a door was opened, that crosses the line into actual sexual assault um, because you're actually putting hands on somebody for that purpose. Um, and the uh, gal um, and the people that were that the gal that made the accusation, as well as the little you know investigatory committee that was looking into it, a bunch of them, as well as some staff, uh, the person who had witnessed. Uh, when she opened the door that uh, Nick uh, was, you know, pressing himself on top of this gal, um, they were all removed from the People's Party. Um, so it, th there's a pattern that every single time somebody challenges them um, in any way that they're getting pushed out. And I mean, there's some other things. Uh, th these were the most verifiable ones that I could find where there was more documentation. There was more, you know, evidence. Um, so I didn't include all the other stuff um, because it would take a much deeper dive to do. Um, but there were some other groups that were uh, saying some similar things about purges occurring. So, um, you know, he, he tries to put on this good face publicly from what I can see. 
and then, you know, basically drops the ball on everything else. And the main reason why I found this relevant um, is, is, and we, you know, included this, is just because in the anti-war movement, we need to make sure that we are above board on everything that we're doing. Um, that's not to say that you can't make past mistakes in your life. Um, we all have made mistakes in our life. I mean, heck, I used to vote Republican. Um, so, you know, obviously I've made mistakes. Um, and, you know, we, we but, but we, when we are going to be at the forefront of this, you don't want to give the easy hanging, distracting, you know, type of stuff that takes away from what the real issue is. And that is anti-war. And that was just part of the problem with this whole overall situation with some of the people that they're inviting on top of some of the pro-war positions, they're getting nickel and dimed over all these other connections and things. And it's distracting from the message of anti-war. Now, if they actually had done a little bit of vetting and looked into the background, um, you know, they probably wouldn't. Now I, I have no, uh, idea which speakers were chosen by who the only one that I know of for sure um, at least on the libertarian uh, party side obviously Scott Horton um, Angela claims that she was the one that got Dennis Kucinich on board uh, stuff like that so um, you know she obviously has had some input in the speakers but I think a lot of it is actually being chosen by the people's party but she didn't even try to get the base look at who she was going to be partnering with for this I mean right, right there can tweet you know, right. he's obviously got a Russia uh, bias. And then if, uh, it, it took a two second Google search, you know, to just. <laughs> right. Uh, and look, that's the thing is just yeah, the, the comedy of, of just obvious errors all along the way is just is just crazy. Well, and, and to to this comment here is, you know, I've seen people just flat out deny um <laughs> flat out deny war crimes um that are that are in this circle um you know it didn't happen and if it did they deserved it kind of kind of attitude and it just is absolutely crazy some of the things that that you know people are saying um you know and and, and we'll we'll you know get to that yeah just yeah the comedy of errors you know yeah clearly clearly this guy has some uh you know, obviously has some issues and baggage to go along with him. And um, let's see, let's actually get to, and then we'll get to the really fun stuff like, uh, um, like the actual speakers. <laughs> but let's start off with the, these demands here and just, just how red flag they are. Oh, yeah, I, I actually did a breakdown on this. And I mean, some of them actually sound really good on their face. You know, I mm -hmm. actually agree with some of them. I mean, who wouldn't want to get nuclear weapons gone? Oops, you know, right. I mean, the, the, the fact that, you know, it just depends on how insane a world leader is having access to a button or how senile or any of that kind of stuff. That, that's disturbing. Um, right. It, it I is, mean, especially. So. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if like a cuckoo dictator like like Putin, who is the only and final say, you know, you know, here in, you know, and I'm sure most other countries, you know, there's, there's some guardrails, you know, there's guardrails along the way to, you know, to make sure that we aren't, 
you know, allowing one person to, you know, yeah. control control nukes. And, you know, if it ever came to that, you know, that decision, I, I could not, I can't imagine what goes into, you know, that if it were to ever happen. Um, but, you know, with, with Putin, he's just going to point to a place on a map and they're, they're going to either, you know, have to launch it or, or suffer from falling out of windows. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that really disturbed me about the list is that there was no number 11 um, demand that Russia cease fire and withdraw to pre-invasion borders. Bingo. Um, <laughs> and, and the reason why that disturbs me is the excuse that I get from uh, a lot of the rally supporters and a lot of the organizers, people that have been involved. Well, we're organizing to, you know, give demands to the United States. Well, hold up, because number four, disband NATO. That involves 29 other countries. So right off the bat, you're making demands for other countries. Right. Global nuclear de-escalation. There are multiple nuclear powers around the world. So you're making demands of other countries. One of them is actually Russia. And so you're already making a demand of Russia. Right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, asking them nicely to stop their war. It seems like it would be a perfect fit, but yet it's exactly. not on there. Um, and then, you know, abolish war and empire. Um, when, when they do their breakdown on that, it's really a lot more um, focused on the United States. Um, but in reality, when you want to abolish war and empire, you got to, uh, that, that's everyone. I mean, that, that's just a plain and simple fact. Um, the other red flags, there's a lot of the conspiracy stuff that's in some of oh. these demands. Uh, yeah. Like on the um, actual list. You know, when you get the smaller graphic, you don't see the expanded stuff with the little paragraphs. But yeah, um, this one the, and this is the one that really stuck out to me when I first read it. I'm like, OK, yep, this is just a, you know, the, it just looks like an RT reporter, you know, wrote this kind of thing. Like, yeah, stop the war inflation. The war is accelerating inflation, increasing food, gas and energy prices. The U.S. blew up a Russian gas Russian gas pipelines to Europe, starving them of energy, deindustrializing their countries, and the war and stop increasing prices. You know, first off, Europe actually ended up pretty pretty okay on the natural gas situation, even though there was definitely some worry there. But they ended up being kind of fine. They they you know. They ship a lot of, you know, liquid natural gas there. They've stored it and, you know, it ended up being a mild winter. And, um, well, know, and nothing, if you really go back re to things, um, the inflation. Um, so, so you have the dip with COVID that happened worldwide where prices dropped, right? Um, yeah. So right around April of 2020 is when it flatlined, got the lowest point. And then it starts going back up, hits about normal to what it was um, back in January of 2020, um, right in about December, and then it continues going up from there. So from December of 2020 on, it's continued to spike, and the invasion itself didn't happen until mm -hmm. February of 2022. Now, there is a spike, you know, after the invasion. And it does kind of do this little up and down thing for a while. Right. Yeah, supply uh, shocks, then, every you know the sanctions. Everybody's figuring things out, trying to you know re mm -hmm. realign. You know, I mean everything. You know, anything that went through Russia, you suddenly have to go around it, and you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, everybody. So yeah, that's going to cause some some price instability. But everything kind of kind of leveled off here, and you know, and then just the claim the U.S. blew up Russian gas, but this was before that 
article by I don't even know who it is. Um, and just uh, me, this issue and, has also been brought up on Tucker Carlson on Fox News. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, of course they did. <laughs> you know, and there's just you know outside of this one article that came out after this you know website came out, you know that really just claims nothing you know of any credibility you know just to randomly claim this conspiracy you know as part well, of and, and demands. Facts. it's just a bad just such a bad look you know red another red flag kind of, kind of a fun fact about the uh, author of the article is one of his primary sources that he uses is somebody we already know and that is scott ritter uh that's one of his primary sources that he uses so Ah, you silly idiots. Yep, that's about right. Yes, let's see. What else was in there that really... The free Julian Assange thing is just weird and random. Um, let's see. But, yeah, just it, there is... Yeah, there's there's asking very little of, of, of Russia. There's just, you know, the people who started the, you know, the war and... It, yeah, it is. It's just weird, red flaggy. I do have just... to say, number ten there just kind of thrown in. Like, why didn't they right. have Snowden in there too? Just be like, free all of them. Yeah, right. It's just it is. It is a very weird, yeah, weird addition. Um, well, number one and number five. Um, I think it's five. Contradict each other because if you uh, let Ukraine hang in the wind. That's going to tell everybody on the planet that if you have a nuclear weapon, you don't get screwed with because they had like 1700 nuclear weapons right after the Soviet empire fell. And I mean, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, uh, if it about new over, it just, oh, all right, let's go ahead and, okay, so we talked some of the background, um, Let's just get to some, let's get to some meat here. Um, uh, should we start with, uh, um, well, do, do I have any to point? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm yeah, going to say, yeah, the whole Snowden like, blocking questions about Russia, yeah, that's fishy. I, I still appreciate what Snowden did, but I can understand the position that he's in right now, sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I understand the position he's in because, I mean, yeah, he was, you know, he, he ran, Russia happened to, you know, let him in, I, which I know to their to their own strategic advantage. I mean, you know, that was a calcul definitely a calculated move on the, you know, on the Kremlin's end to, you know, allow him in. And now he's a citizen and, you know, but he he's gotten kind of weird, you know, and I, I get that he can't necessarily say things. Otherwise he's going to, you know, get arrested, but uh, he's arrested, disappeared out of window. But the thing is, is you cannot say things and then you can say things and, you know, it's like, why are you saying that? You could have just not said that. So yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, Snowden's a little interesting. Definitely. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and yeah, let's just kind of dive into some of these speakers, which once again, just big red flags all around. You know, the 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 
you know, what kind of what area, what circle, um, you know, these people hang out in. Um, that Ron Paul fellow, I don't know who he is, but he gives me a lot of red flags. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, what Jimmy, Jimmy Dore was one of the ones that was, um, kind of up there um, initially he's been kind of there since the beginning and I know he's quite a he's quite a character um, let's see did you talk about him at all yeah it was in uh, the very first article he was the first person that I talked about um, at all so yeah he's got yeah he's definitely got some Russian sympathies and um well and and i mean aside from having kind of so i can't really find anything that directly ties him per se to russia i mean occasionally he might get like something up on you know russia today or something like that but he's not one of the people that's been hired by him okay um you know but he does uh, essentially um he, he is kind of a favored guest occasionally on some of their shows um not just with Russia Today, but also Gray Zone, um, which has two other uh, speakers um, uh, on the list. But uh, basically, it, it just is more he's surrounded by people the way that it looks to me um, that are giving, um, kind of giving uh, a single point of view, and that's everything he's surrounded by. And so that's really all he's willing to go with. Because, I mean, I, I mean, frankly, I don't trust the United States, you know, either when it comes to, like, propaganda and things like that. <laughs> um, that was cute. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but the one thing that I did find interesting uh, is that he has taken money from uh, an organization um, that is set up basically kind of at, at least least it's been accused as a front for the Assad regime in Syria. And there, there's a couple of other speakers that have been that way as well. And it seems like anytime they get these awards, um, and there's monetary benefit with these awards for their, quote, integrity and in journalism, um, that they do some kind of pro-Syria uh, kind of deal. Um, you know, whether it's denying um, the source of, you know, the chemical weapons, you know, basically to paint the Assad regime in a good light. Um, Kim Iverson was another one, and she had a pinned post almost immediately after she got this uh, $5,000 grant from them um, that was kind of pro-Syria. So it, it's it, it's kind of questionable, especially since the Assad regime is tied in with Russia, that there's kind of a bias going on there. But with him, I kind of He's a controversial guy. He likes to say controversial things, and that's how he gets his attention. I mean, that's how he gets his show. Um, you know, he's another one of those political comedians um, that does that kind of shtick. Um, but, yeah, I, I couldn't really find any direct connections other than that with him. Um, but, yeah, again, he's just kind of taking only one side as what's being put out. And, I mean, it's okay to question anything that the U.S. government comes out, but to then go to another government and rely solely on their sources, I mean, you're still getting propaganda no matter what, you know, right. they're going to spin in their favor. Um, that, that's just a fact. Right. 
And I mean, and that's kind of a, a thing that kind of resonates with, you know, this kind of group is that it's it's just this reflexive anti-US and then therefore everybody else is right and good or, you know, and and it's just, it's not that way. You know, you, you can also question, you know, Russia and motives and, you know, you, you know, that's what, you know, that's, that's, you know, good versus just this automatic reflexive, you know, contrarian um, yeah. type, you know, type attitude. And then, and, you know, and then you end up falling down, you know, essentially the, you know, basically <laughs> this list. I, so yeah, we got Jimmy Dore. Um, what's another, what's an, she just popped up. Um, Cynthia. Um, I know she's a, uh, I know she's a pile of cuckoo bananas. Oh, she is fucking insane. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, I, I haven't done any real big digging in, but just with some of the stuff that I've seen people share, it's just been um, more along the lines of Putin, 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 Putin. Russia is so awesome, and they're taking on the U.S. And then um, the one article that she put out, and I actually took a screen grab and retweeted that because it needed to be seen pretty quick, is it's some clear anti-Semitism. Like, the oh, article that she the shared... Zionism one? Uh, not, not even Zionism. Um, the article yeah. that she shared is titled How Jewish is the War Against Russia? Yeah. That was the title. I don't, I, I don't think I have that one, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You can go through her, her tweets and it's pretty bad. <laughs> um yeah cynthia is definitely definitely some you know yeah there was the yeah the, the zionists did 9-11 which um ties back to i mean the thing is is, is, is zionists aren't a, a, an organization group of people or you know whatever uh, you know, you can have your opinions on, you know, on Zionism and Israel and, you know, whatever that, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing. And it's, it's when you use Zionism as just a replacement for, for Jew. <laughs> and that's what she had basically done is that the Jews did 9-11. Um, very, very Ryan Dawson type move. Um, and we've talked about him in the past, um, but same energy there. Yeah, just absolute. Just, once again, someone you don't want at your at your rally causing distractions <laughs> um, you know and um let's see i know chris chris was an rt host wasn't he you know an interesting thing about him though um you know I, I try to be as fair as i can when i'm approaching this i mean we we all have our biases um that that's just how things are in life, you know, everything forms who we are. Um, but I have been trying to be as objective as possible. And when I was looking into Chris Hedges, he was a, a an RT host. He had a show um, on Russia Today. But the day after his final one, um, he actually had gone on to, a, oh, I can't remember what article it was or what uh, network it was or um, online magazine or whatever. But he had actually gone on there the day after his last show. So he his last show was on the 27th of, I want to say, 
February uh, after Russia had invaded. And then the next day, he had actually penned an article and had criticized Putin uh, for making that decision. Um, he says, you know, I can kind of understand why he came to the decision, but it's wrong to invade. War is not an option. There should have been other options there. He shouldn't have done that. And so I do have to give him a lot of credit there because he's mm -hmm. one of, I believe, two that I've looked into so far that actually outright criticized uh, Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got. So I know Garland Nixon. He's um, he was a Sputnik yep. Sputnik host, um, which is part of the Russian state media, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they so they're actually had to file as a, a foreign agent with the FCC, um, and the person who actually runs Russia today is his boss like that's the line of you know who's in charge so it, it's the same gal that does all the russia today stuff the the head boss of russia today let's see going down um now there's there's gray zone max um max and anya actually are yep, both gray zones so we've got gray zone there um I don't know much about Supreme. Did you dig into him at all? Um, the way that I looked with him is he seems to be more of a a genuine kind of liberty, anti-war kind of person. Um, you know, just kind of looking through some of the things. Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of his stuff is music promotion because um, that's what he does for a living. Um, but with, with some of the political stuff, I see a lot more of the um, liberty advocacy kind of bent. Um, and so I think he was... This is just me speculating, but I think he's being more used for the uh, Wu-Tang name and his liberty advocacy uh, to kind of gain a little bit of credibility um, where not everybody is, you know, totally in the tank for Russia, basically. All right. And then we got uh, Miss Afraid of Wi-Fi herself, Jill Stein. <laughs> you never know. Listen, you never know when that 5G is going to sneak up on you and implant a, a Bill Gates microchip or something. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's how it's it's how I turned gay. Actually, you know, I have noticed what I happened came out of the closet right after you know getting the vaccine so maybe there's some truth to that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean that's the thing it's jill stein is just such a just such a freaking kook um I, I mean i haven't really done a total deep dive um i mean we kind of have her kind of conspiracy bent everybody kind of knows a lot about that yeah but i do know that she is pretty well connected to uh russia today i mean she does go on there a lot um and on top of that she was even invited um to go down to their 10th anniversary uh little gala thing uh that they did over in russia and she was actually sat at the table with vladimir putin i mean you, <laughs> you've got to have some clout to be sat with the president of a country i mean that's just right. how it is it's all speculation but because i haven't dug like i said as deep but she literally was at the head of the state table so that's i mean and and putin is known to be just an incredibly paranoid 
you know mm-hmm. i mean we've all seen the you know the pictures of him very far away from everybody else you know and that's just kind of his thing probably because i'm sure there would be a lot of people who would love to give him some tea or you know i mean give him a view out the window but yeah so to actually get to that point to be able to (laughs) to sit with vlad i mean yeah that's definitely some uh, yeah there's definitely something that goes on there i mean like if joe stein wasn't useful wouldn't she just have unfortunate accidents (laughs) um Let's see. We'll get to uh, Wyatt Reed, just straight up an RT reporter. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Dan Cohen. That one looks very new. Um, Yeah, that one had to have been today before we even started this. Let's see. Did they show anything fun on him while we're looking at it? Behemoth, military, industrial, counter possibility with the war right and corporations are enemies of humanity and should be thrown into the dustbin of history their offices should be the museums that display the human capacity for evil yeah i mean you know i can't necessarily disagree with that particular quote um well that's how they get you with the quote like that right <laughs> right mm-hmm. yeah it's very um yeah, very very old rothbard um uh, so let's see here. Um, I don't know much about Craig here. Um, uh, the one thing that I do know about um, him, and unfortunately he shares the same name as me, um, he did end up agreeing with Daniel McAdams um, in the post that Daniel McAdams had made about how at least Russia, you know, looks out for their interests, you know, kind of a nod towards the invasion and he actually uh craig he ended up commenting underneath that he agreed with daniel mcadams so i mean you've got another basically another person that supports what russia is doing right now see and and which is which is funny on that post and you know i I will we'll definitely get to you know the the kind of some of the meat um with with daniel here is he claimed he was joking after you know getting so much shit for it you know, he's basically said, oh, I, you know, just trolling, bro. You know, but then but then you got <laughs> then you got the, the people that show up and go, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, it's just it. Well, that we've that, seen. He, he's had unprompted stuff, too. Um, I mean, I, I remember uh, a post by somebody called Salvi Agorist that had posted with I'm on Russia's side. And then he comments underneath who is. Oh, yep. I'll tell you, you know, uh, the neocons and thugs. Yep. Oh, Sal. He um, he also Sal, uh, who, whoever that necessarily is. I don't know if that's just a pseudonym or what. You know, um, Sal is known for uh, telling Eric July there was an unfriendly article on being libertarian regarding a certain um, uh, Tom Woodcaster. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, had it, had it pulled down. Um, but, uh, now it looks like somebody just commented that Dan Cohen, um, was on RT and he actually co-produces, uh, stuff with Max Blumenthal. So okay, he's connected in with all that circle as well from the Russian media and, uh, at least with Gray's own name, I haven't found a funding connection, but. I mean, it's a lot of pro Iran, pro Russia, pro Syria type stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I put it, gray zone is Infowars for for tankies or something is what I've what I've seen it uh, compared to, um, which is I think pretty pretty fitting description there. Um, and then we've got uh, let's see, uh, Jackson Hinkle. Um, uh, it's just a mess. Uh, yeah, and you know, and and you know. It, you know, somebody almost even mentioned, like, is he going for that Nick Adams, uh, you know, trolling kind of thing and just bad at it? Because Nick Adams, I'm now convinced, I, I, I've solidified that Nick Adams is absolutely one of the best trolls on the Internet ever. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just absolute crazy, just blatant pro-Russia cheering on the, the war and invasion and just absolutely crazy things um i'm i'm excited to see his speech because i'm pretty sure it's going to be a shit show and a total embarrassment and just it's going to be great (laughs) oh and and Uh, he was actually one of the ones that kind of set this all off for me um you know kind of doing this whole thing was because i saw some of those pro z uh, posts. Oh, that's right. He's straight up selling Z merch. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. And, and I'm like, um, why are you guys having him at an anti-war rally? Um, and it turns out that Hinkle is actually tied in really close with Nick Brana as well. Um, ah. And Nick Brana is obviously, we've shown him to be a little bit pro-Russia there and uh, kind of got that established. So I, I honestly believe that, I mean, he may be going a little bit over the top for reactions, but he supports what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know Hinkle, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you dig further in his past and, you know, like was like total Bernie bro and stuff. And, you know, for from what I understand, People's Party is just a Bernie, Bernie fan club anyway. And and, you know, then he yeah, then he's gotten <laughs> to where he's at now. And yeah, just he's definitely as far as as far as placement. I mean, he definitely is just one that I'm like, why? Why would you? You know, yeah. you're, you're just you're just destroying. You know, not that this thing has any credibility anyway, but <laughs> this doesn't help. Um, let's see what else. Um, kind of kind of working our way up the up the ladder here to the uh, to the one that is no longer listed. <laughs> um. Tara Reed, um, she was the one that um, accused. Oh, that's right. Huh. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, his uh, <laughs> Hinkle's uh, Hinkle's ex uh, is now dating uh, Jonah Hill. <laughs> um. So, yeah, yep, that is uh, that is a real thing. Um, if you go if you go to Hinkle's Twitter, know- you can basically see him getting made fun of for it that's basically for real here or if it's for real for me but i'll find out in just a second (laughs) um but yeah the um but yeah uh hinkle's ex is now dating jonah hill and that's about about 50 percent of his twitter interaction is just people making fun of him for it um but tara reed um first time i heard her name was uh the sexualist assault accusations against joe biden um which I understand really just never had much credibility to begin with. Um, and she's just, I mean, she wrote like some 
pretty po- pro Putin kind of uh, kind of things and like just straight up like fan fictiony yeah. <laughs> weird um she's she definitely has a crush is 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 what it like, <laughs> what it seems like outwardly. i mean she she's even more connected than people realize i mean the when, when um they they were trying to talk uh russia was trying to bring up at the united nations um about uh, the black market of weapons because, you know, other countries have been giving uh, Ukraine weapons and they were basically making claims that they were winding up in the black market. I'm sure that there is actually some of that going on because it does happen. Um, But they actually were bringing her in to try to testify, but she's not a weapons expert. She's not a smuggling expert. She has no background in any of this. And this is the UN delegation for Russia that is trying to bring her in to be the key witness to testify on this. Um, she wears, who's your Vladdy t-shirts. Um, <laughs> she uh, used to work for uh, Russia today. Um, she actually now works for Kim Iverson. So there's a connection between those two. They actually, she, they work together. Um, but uh, she was working for Russia today as early as, um, I can't remember exactly when it was the screenshot was sometime earlier this either this year or late last year i'd have to double check when i time stamped that um but, but basically you know she's connected um she did an interview where they, she was talking about it was shortly after she was rejected by the united nations saying no you you don't have any credibility to talk about this um, she went on her little podcast thing on YouTube and was talking to the one of the UN um, ambassadors from Russia about misinformation, um, which I found hilarious because this is the same guy that basically was saying Russia's not going to invade, Russia's not going to invade, Russia's not going to invade. There's no reason for us to invade. Why would we do that? We want peace in the world. And then like two days later, they invade. Um, oh, I remember. Oh, one of... Uh... One of the libertarian people also did that. That was fun. It's weird how they bring in a bunch of people. You know, Russia Today. I mean, it's just, it's such a propaganda machine and it's so plain. It's not a news outlet. They bring in a bunch of people with, you know, credibility or, well, Tara, you know, and just, you know, to make these explanations, you know, these explanations and the, you know, it's just the, um, well, and one of the reasons why they bring libertarians on all the time is because we're always speaking out against the U.S. government. Um, and I mean, the U.S. government has plenty of faults. Don't get me wrong. Um, there's plenty of things that I'd fix, plenty of things that I stand against, plenty of things that I would change. But that doesn't mean that they're doing it because they like you. They're doing it because they're trying to undermine the U.S. government. That's <laughs> why they have right. useful idiot. Yeah, you know. And uh, let's see what else. Um, it's like the scene Sarah. at the end of Jurassic Park where um, they're about to get eaten by the T-Rex and the Velociraptors attack it. <laughs> if if the humans were up against either one of those, they would die. But because the Velociraptors are going against the T-Rex, the humans have the chance to escape. But like... Yep. Russia would eat you if it, if you didn't serve a purpose. Like, they're an empire. 
<laughs> yeah. You can't be anti-imperial and pro-Russia, like <laughs> right. Yeah, just talk to the ethnic minorities that are getting sent to the front because they're the first that are drafted. Um, let's see, Diane, Sarah. I know I peeked at her Twitter. She's just piling. She's too. just crazy. Uh, that that's about the only way that I could really say it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, she she's. So she's from the kind of LaRoche uh, school of thought. She actually campaigned for Mr. LaRoche back in the day when he was running for president every freaking time. Um, she's been a candidate going on forever and a day. Um, on top of that, every single time she's campaigning, it's always World War III. We've got to stop World War III. We've got to stop World War III. And I'm not saying that there haven't been times where, you know, there are some lines that are getting dangerously close. But, I mean, it's literally armageddon all the time with her um just and then uh when, when a lot of this information has started coming out about some of the speakers you know and some of their pro-war stuff their pro-russia stuff their connections to russia she basically was accusing people of being fbi uh she was accusing people of being cia uh, you know all That's those a, kind of things that's a very common go-to, um, I've noticed, with this crowd. Um, I, I'd like my check if I am. I really would. I, I know, right? We're all waiting for our Where do I apply? <laughs> um, so, let's see. Let's go ahead. And let's, let's Daniel McAdams. <laughs> let's go ahead. and Let's go to so, Daniel. Definitely, I hope Daniel. Filters up sometime soon. <laughs> um, Daniel has. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to put it bluntly. I I will gladly call Daniel Ron Paul's Kremlin handler. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I mean, Dan you're, you're not is wrong. Right, Dan. Dan is the head of the um, you know, Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity, um, which for the most part, when you when you go through like Ron Paul and what you know, what he said, as such, you know, um, you know, essentially since when is the forum 2014? I mean, it's. It, it's in almost you know a lot of the stuff that he says you know outside of his you know things that Ron Paul has always said you know it's it's pretty much indistinguishable from from Russia today's propaganda well, he's been a big time contributor for Russia today for years yeah and i mean and he uh, he's um, he was an election observer in um, in Belarus for you know was essentially a sham organization that's you know propped up by the Kremlin to you know appear legitimate. Um, it's Helsinki something you know to, to you know give that name of you know credibility and stuff. But you know he claimed, yeah he was an election observer in Belarus. He um, well I mean and the official Helsinki organizations would actually put little freaking uh, you know qualifications qualification statements at the end of their pages we are not associated with these guys um and, and would <laughs> basically say we, we have nothing to do with this and just to kind of touch back on the election observer thing um the model that they were using is there was like 30 total people that were going to various countries to monitor the uh the elections in those countries um except that they would only have a handful total 
And so they are not actually observing all the polling locations, whereas with actual um, groups that have been monitoring the OSCE, um, they're sending in hundreds, if not thousands of observers to make sure that things are above board. And quite literally, anything that Russia didn't like ended up being what, you know, Mr. McAdams group found in favor of. You know, that it was basically towing exactly what, what these authoritarian whatever. regimes wanted to try to keep those dictators propped up when they lose the elections. And I mean, even on his own Twitter, he straight up says that he's anti-democracy. Uh, it's right there in his profile. So he doesn't even like democracy existing where people get to have a little bit of choice in how their life is. So he's just, yeah. I mean, so yeah, dude's just straight up Kremlin, Kremlin mouthpiece propagandist and you know that's i mean that's what he that's what he is um and you know and that's i mean that is essentially the the ron paul institute is is dan mcadams <laughs> i mean that's really um you know really well you, look, look at the people that he hires um as writers um i mean there's a ton of writing that's done that's pro-russia um they literally call ukraine and a couple of their articles a fake nation um, even though it's been a country that voted to be its own country for the last 30 some odd years, um, you've got uh, uh, John Laughlin, who was part of another freaking um, basically Russia fronted organization, something about um, for democracy and cooperation or something like that. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, he's brought on the board. Um, then you've got, you know, just all these connections. Uh, and then there's the connections that he has with Lou Rockwell. Um, you know, Dan McAdams is constantly putting material out on there as well. And again, you get kind of that pro Kremlin bent and, you know, kind of that authoritarian support um, in a lot of yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, I remember. Is, oh, is what Dan is scared of ducks as Lou is? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody no can be as scared of Mighty Ducks as Lou Rockwell. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, gosh. I remember he put out a. Um, I remember Lou posted an article of, you know, Putin, the classic liberal, like <laughs> just absolutely nutter shit. Um, but yeah, so there's, yep. So there's Dan. Um, yeah, for, for me, he was definitely one of the biggest, um, and, and he, I think he's been there since, since one of the, the early, um, early stages of the show. Um, ah, there's Horton. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, just real quick, we did kind of scroll by David Swanson. I did just want to give him a little oh, bit yeah. of a nod. Um, he he actually, when I was looking into him, uh, he was one of the other ones that I saw to be uh, quite a bit more genuine. Where he does share some of the uh, more Russian type sources, he also does share other sources. He is very concerned about conflicts all over the world, uh, civil wars, you know, border disputes all kinds of things. He's not necessarily taking the Western side or the side of, you know, an authoritarian regime, anything along those lines. And he did directly criticize Russia uh, for invading. So I did want okay. to make sure that that's mentioned. Um, like I said, I try to be fair in what I'm doing. Yeah. And I know, yeah, I've come across things um, of his in the, in the past. And so, yeah, he, you know, so there we go. So we got some credibility there, Scott, I mean, I never really liked 
him much personally. Um, I know he's definitely big in, in our, in our circles and, um, you know, he's had a lot of good things to say. Um, but uh, one of the downsides that I saw about Scott was that he does kind of link to a lot of Russian sources, mm -hmm. um, for what the information he's giving is. Um, to his credit, he is very much against Scott Ritter. Um, there's been a lot of beef between those two from what I'm hearing. Um, so he, he is a little bit more on that anti-war stance, um, just kind of sharing uh, a little bit more bias. And again, that might be his circles that he's surrounded by. Uh, yeah. And then uh, with uh, the, the one thing that I really have to criticize him over is when there were some Ukrainian people that had immigrated to the United States that were on Twitter, as well as some Ukrainians that are actually facing what they are over there, rather than listen to them when they're, you know, calling them out on some of the stuff that he was uh, pushing. Um, he basically told them to go kill themselves. Um, that was actually what resulted in his Twitter suspension initially. And he has a, um, he has a habit of doing that. That wasn't his first defense. I believe there were others that people had found even like dating like way back to like 2014. Like just anything you tell him he doesn't like and then, you know, suddenly it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's go. go and I mean, you've got to be open to new information. You, you just do. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't really trust necessarily, you know, government sources. But when it's somebody that's literally there or escaped there, you know, that, that's a little bit different because they're talking first right. person perspective. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, it's a story to hear. And, you know, why wouldn't you want to hear somebody's story who's been affected by this? Hmm. You know, which is weird. Which, you know, to point out, too, there is no, you know, Ukrainian you know nobody from you know the, the lp of russia um has been invited to you know speak or give a video address um you know which they're great lp of russia has been you know has been been really great and they fight back against a lot of the misinformation that has popped up and um you know in lp circles um oh and they literally but, risk their lives by doing it because if they get tracked i mean they can get disappeared mm -hmm. yep the, the, um, have no freedom of speech or, hold on right disappeared or had unfortunate accident <laughs> uh, disappeared unfortunate accident. I think we need to get the we need to get the kremlin's opinion here and just be like was it really disappeared or just unfortunate accident <laughs> gotta be fair to all sides here <laughs> um but but and none of those people appear here at this anti-war rally which you know the the the, the current you know, war that they, you know, are, are talking about is the Ukraine war and you have nobody that has any stories of it, you know, and yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, which, which raises just once again, another red flag of, you know, what, what's really driving this and why are these people, these people and why are they here and what, you know, what exactly is happening? Um, let's see, Tulsi, just like the <laughs> intro said, fuck you know, fuck Tucker Carlson, fuck Tulsi, fuck Tulsi um, yeah, screw them both. Terrible people. Hate Tulsi. Oh, and I mean, she she's straight up said that she's not anti-war. You know, she said yeah. on certain things she is a hawk. She's advocated for um, you know uh, increasing drone strikes, which actually has higher casualty rates of innocence than actually yeah. having boots on the ground. Not that I'm ever advocating boots on the ground, 
just that, you know, when you don't have your actual human intelligence calling in an airstrike, you have a much higher chance of killing an innocent person. And so she is, in my opinion, worse than some of the others. And, you know, we, we rail against some, you know, I, uh, one of the things that I hated was all the focus that ended up on Scott Ritter. Um, because, I mean, there are people that, uh, like Tulsi Gabbard, uh, that are literally saying, no, I'm pro-war, yeah. you know, yeah, I, in I, certain I'll... circumstances. Yeah, well, and she's very, I remember her 9-11 post was basically, Islam's bad. I mean, <laughs> it was basically, she's she's hugely, you know, anti, you know, anti-Muslim, um, and just and she she was a terrible person she looked better while she was serving in congress and then she went right back to being a terrible person um you know and even right at the end of her congressional term she you know you know started an introducing anti-trans bills and just yeah. and now she co you know now she is a replacement host for tucker when he's on vacation like it just it, gross just i just, just so I do want to say one thing, Gregory. That is catchy as hell. That is very catchy. Hey, don't fall down the stairs. <laughs> boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Look like a fool with your boots on the ground. <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, she's just yeah, she's just gross. Um, Dennis. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, they're saying that this is the rage against the war machine. She's still a part of the war machine. She serves in the military. I mean, how, how much more, and she's a high ranking officer, you know, how much more into the war machine do you have to get? She voted for the NDAA to fund the wars multiple times. She reauthorized the AUMF. She is part of the war machine. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dennis, Dennis Kucinich. He's, I, I haven't looked much into him. Um, he did start the uh, Russian caucus in Congress when he was a congressman. He has gov okay. given uh, paid speaking um, things for uh, certain Russian, uh, you know, type events. Um, I, I know one of them, he got something like $20,000 or something, and it was discovered that he was paid twenty grand in the middle of, I believe it was his campaign for governor. And he's like, oh, I didn't realize this was a front group. I'm going to give this back, you know, type thing. I, obviously he loses, um, you know, his race and everything. But, you know, he, he's been there. On top of that, he's on the board at the Ron Paul Institute, which means he's connected with Daniel McAdams. Um, he was part of a delegation that was actually involved with uh, doing a lot of things in Russia as well as former Soviet states, um, kind of all that inner circle stuff. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with advocating for, you know, working towards peace, working for getting rid of, of nuclear weapons between the two countries, you know, things of that nature. But the fact that he's doing all this kind of stuff where he's getting paid and, you know, he's getting caught and then, oops, sorry, um, type stuff. Uh, it's, it's questionable at best, yeah. under the best lights. And then there's also, Especially, like I said, the connection with the Ron Paul Institute. So he was picked by McAdams to be there. Yeah, and circling back to that, Ron, Ronnie himself. Um, the more you find out about him, the less you, <laughs> at least for me, the less you like him. Um, yeah, I, I was a Ron Paul Republican in a way. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. I remember being excited to go see him, you know, and, you know, about 10 years back and, you know, he, he, you know, I can probably credit a lot of, you know, him for, you know, pushing me toward, you know, toward the Liberty movement, but, um, uh, it's definitely time to go to bed, grandpa. Like just, he, I mean, you know, and, and what, what he's, you know, a lot of what he's, you know, both his, his history, which we've covered on this channel, the newsletters, the, um, just awful people that he, you know, has around him constantly. Well, I mean, um, even his own son went and delivered a letter to Putin. Mm-hmm. So there's connections um, all over the place with even Ron Paul. Right. You know, and I mean, well, his, um, his 08 campaign was, um, very much boosted by, by Russia. Um, you know, just like, just like the, you know, the, the, the money bombs, um, I, I believe, uh, I believe a lot of the, the money bomb stuff was actually just, uh, credit card fraud, um, is what was found out from a lot of it. And was, it was all, it was a lot of Russia behind it. Um, if I find the article again, I'll, I'll post it to the, uh, to the comments, but just yeah a lot of a lot of russia stuff with ron paul and just the awful people he surrounds himself with he endorsed ron Unz for um for um uh senate in california um ron Unz is a funder of vdare um <laughs> and runs another content aggregation site um that's just a uh, just full of rabid anti-semitism and um just general nastiness but um to uh, that's actually where i found the the rothbard rockwell uh stuff um and and lose hate for mighty ducks too um so, so yeah Ron, and and he voted for he voted for the aumf the 2001 aumf you know and you know it'll, a lot of people, oh, you know, it was a mistake at the time and blah, blah. He could have voted no, like he does on every other bill, you know. And well, he, I mean, he there could was have only been one other person. There him, was only one person. Him and Barbara Lee. And Barbara Lee specifically warned of forever war with the 2001 AUMF. So why wouldn't have Ron voted for something that was going to pass nearly unanimously anyway? Why would you not vote for that? Because... Mm -hmm because why not sure but yeah he had the option to vote no and he didn't and it wouldn't have even been a close vote anyways right right it would have been him and barbara lee voting no <laughs> out of 538 you know between the house and the senate it's, yeah it just it, well, and one, one more thing since we're on kind of this congressional record um one of the things that he voted against a few times i don't have the bill numbers or anything but it involved non-governmental organizations even going in and interfering with other countries. So, you know, charities going in to do civics work, to do medical work, you know, things like that. And libertarians, you know, it's all about voluntary associations. You know, sure, maybe you don't want the government to fund something, but why is he not letting or not wanting, you know, these groups to go and do this? Um, that, that was one of the biggest things that I found that was just kind of jaw dropping when I was looking into his record, because like, like a lot of you, you know, libertarians that exist, you know, he was part of my introduction, you know, um, and so that, that one just floored me when I saw that, because I'm all about voluntary association. I prefer more of it, 
And so seeing that he had advocated on the House floor against even NGOs going and trying to do civic engagement and things like that was just, it, it was, it, it was something else. I had no idea that Kucinich was even still alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so yeah, now I get to go see Ron Paul once again, you know, some 10 years later and, you know, definitely a, a different person than when I first started the, well, I guess I don't see Ron Paul. We get to see his um, animated corpse. Jerry, um, yeah. him, if you see him have a stroke on stage, you better record it. <laughs> womp womp. I'm that terrible. Um, <laughs> um, so, so, so yeah, um, let's see, I guess, you know, let's, let's get on to, um, the one that is not, uh, the one that shall not be named, um, or at least not listed here and who has since stepped aside, um, and which, which was actually kind of the kind of the spark um, that that ignited a lot of people to kind of look at this rally in a in an interesting light was Scott Ritter. Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott. So yeah, let's get to the meat here of you know, and probably why everybody's watching is you know to talk about Scott Ritter. Um, Still plenty of time for him to sign back up, right? <laughs> Would not yes. shock me. I was so, about to say, Archie, like if he did sign back up, they'd let him and it mm -hmm. wouldn't shock anybody. Yeah. Well, so Scott. So Scott was um, known was a former UN's weapons inspector. Um, and I mean, he, he was right about, you know, a lot of things that the, you know, the U.S. and, you know, going against that propaganda of, you know, weapons of mass destruction. And he really tried to, you know, work with, you know, work with Iraq to, you know, kind of bring them in, you know, bring them into U.N. compliance or, you know, whatever. And, and you know, he really tried to do a lot of that, um, you know, as part of his, his job as a weapons inspector. And, you know, and he rightfully called out, you know, the, the entire weapons of mass destruction thing and, you know, the propaganda there. And, you know, so, you know, cool and all, and, you know, that got him his notoriety. And, you know, right after he got that notoriety, just like anybody else, it seems like he was pretty quickly scooped up by Russia. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and it kind of went cuckoo bananas after that. And, you know, just very which is very pro-Russia and, you know, he kind of uh, always has been since then. Um, he, and then, and then his, and then his criminal background is, is really what, um, is what got people, you know, to raise an eyebrow. And, and that was um, in 2001, he uh, was essentially to catch a predator um, by, by the police. Um, and he drove to a location uh, to meet with an apparent underage person and, um, you know, ended up, ended, up, uh, ended up being a police officer, was arrested, um, and, you know, looks like it was, you know, a diversion program, case, you know, and then the case was, the case was sealed. Um, he more or less got off easy <laughs> in, the, in that case. Yeah. You know, not, not everybody gets off that pardon the pun easy um and so you know that kind of just kind of stayed under the under the radar for a while until 
um, until 2009 uh, when he did it again. <laughs> um, so, the, so the guy has a pattern of um, being very eager for people who say they are not over 18. Um, <laughs> oh, just real quick, uh, the woman that he left his wife for was 19. That's um, right. So um, his, I mean, his his uh, he likes me his his Kremlin his Kremlin escort uh, well while he was in Russia um, was his his wife who he left yeah left his his wife for um, so yeah so he did it again uh, the the records uh, were unsealed from from the prior conviction as part of the as part of the new trial um, and he spent some time in Pennsylvania prison um for an online chat where he uh you know he pulled out a he, he did a jeffrey tubin um <laughs> and you know got caught and arrested um so guy has a pattern of getting very excited for for anybody uh a little too young well that's probably why uh people like mcadams who's friends with tom woods or you know totally supportive of him. Yep. And so it's so frustrating how how these kind of people keep creeping up patterns over and over and people, you know, in in, in our libertarian circles keep making excuses and and boy did Scott have a lot of excuses. Um, oh yeah, uh, it was a CIA <laughs> set up according to all but four speakers um that were defending him. Um they honestly believe that it's a CIA op that set him up. And regardless of whether that's true or not, he whipped out his dick for somebody he thought was 15. Right. I mean, that's the thing is it's so word of advice to everyone. It's real easy <laughs> to not take out your dick for somebody that tells you they are not 18. <laughs> All you have to do is when they say I'm not 18, you go, I need to leave. Right. Go. Have a good day. And, Bye. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Is, oh, it was a set. You know. Oh, it was entrapment. No, that's not what entrapment is. Um, you know, as far as you know, the legal term for entrapment and you know, an, an entrapment defense is you would have not done it without the the force of you know whoever entrapped you. You know, if well, and and, and see, here, here's the other thing. Okay, they're they're saying, well, it was actually an adult. So where was the crime? Here's my problem with that. If he's already been busted once and he did this again, how many other times did he do it? Right. Because it's not that's always a cop. Right. And I mean, and that's the thing is he has a pattern, a very creepy pattern. And um, also, I just want to say here, this whole conviction of Ritter is so old enough that Ritter would get in a chat room with it. So, <laughs> like, um, this isn't old news we're talking about. This is fucking really old shit. Like, right. And, and it's not like libertarians didn't know who Scott Ritter is. He's been cited all the time. Right. I mean, you know, God, uh, freaking New Hampshire uh, has cited him at least a dozen times um, that I've seen. Um, including recently and mm -hmm. every single comment 
that's made is you guys realize you know you're boosting a pedophile right i mean there's it's not unknown it's just not unknown right yeah right and he keeps getting amplified and you know shared and you know and just and he really hasn't had you know the the credibility had you know the credibility kind of stopped with iraq <laughs> and you know it's just it's just he just progressively worse and you know and yep he is in the, the you know the ron paul institute circle of of people and um you know and and a lot of people um i guess i guess we can kind of get into what happened or you know what seemed to happen because you know nobody's being you know it doesn't seem that the you know the lp is being very honest regarding ritter and um it's just very um because what did i mean scott say in his own words is that um it was nick who had um initially i believe reached out to him and you know connected him with angela um angela wrote an email you know basically enthusiastically inviting him before you know hitting you know spending three seconds on google <laughs> it's literally on his Wikipedia page well you've got a, a very good comment yeah. here oh. what part of this gave it away <laughs> what part did you go oh, i see i see where uh, for this me? is going sorry i'm done don't worry. <laughs> I port this full rally, full stop, and I'm a communist. Let's prevent nuclear war. Okay, well, you know, Putin just doesn't have to, you know, launch his nukes. That's how nuclear war is prevented by not starting it. So he's the only one that's implied that it would be done. Right. Like, and honestly, the, the, people... the entire burden of not doing a nuclear war is on Putin to just not do the nuclear war. And full I mean, stop. Well, let, let's theorize for one second. God forbid the United States gets involved and actually sends troops in. Okay. Which we all, I think, hope he, we don't. Yeah, of course. We don't want to do it. That's why I'm saying hypothetically, God forbid it happens. I don't want this to happen. But hypothetically, let's say that it does. What is going to happen is the United States is going to push the Russian troops out of Ukraine, stop at that border. That's what's going to happen. That's what they did in Kuwait. That's basically what happens when we intervene. We go and we push out whatever faction or country or whatever. And I'm not saying that they were right to do so. I'm not saying that American lives should be wasted on this kind of stuff. But when they do happen, I mean, we basically met in the middle and, you know, even in World War II with the Russians, you know, USSR and, you know, defeated Nazism. And then that was pretty much that. And you know what, Tom, you're right. He hasn't directly threatened to use nukes. He has, he has implied that there will be much devastation and all kinds of stuff like that. Right. He is it's, nonchalantly it's, saying that he's willing to push the button. Right. Just defend him all you want. At this point, you just you just laugh at it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, with Scott. So it seemed that there's been posture of nuclear arms come from the NATO countries, and Putin just said. No, he's threatened nukes. Like I've, yeah. I've watched the press. He's, he's basically he's not said nukes directly, but he has threatened nukes. We can dispel this very easily. So, good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can dispel it easily, but this guy said he's a communist, so he's not going to listen to us, is he? 
No, but just, I'm just I'm just saying like his comments are going to be ignored because we've already dispelled this. So, <laughs> so yeah, just, just real quick too, since you know we're talking about you know other factions, ideologies. I have zero, zero problem working with people of different ideologies. Okay, um, not too long ago there was a grocery tax increase here in Utah, and I joined with Green Party people, People's Party people. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, Independent American Party, everybody came together to get rid of this. Now, we all had our own reasons for why we didn't want to, you know, tax on groceries. I mean, some people, it's they want to keep more of their paycheck. For others, it was, you know, this is a disproportionate tax that affects poor people more. The point is, we had laid out specifics of what we supported and then we came together, it was written out, everything, and we all stuck to those types of talking points. We didn't go off script. We didn't bring any other ideology. If it's an anti-war rally, you need anti-war speakers, period. Yep. That should have been just plain and simply drawn out. And, you know, frankly, if you're going to have people that are going to bring in the pro-Russian side from their media and everything else like that, then you better bring in some Ukrainians. You better bring in some of the Russian libertarians. You better bring in other points of view because literally nearly half of these speakers are paid by Russia today. I would have been happy with just Ukrainian libertarians, <laughs> honestly. Right, yeah. I mean, so anything. Bring in a soldier that's been on the front, a veteran that's actually been in the war. I mean, they did add a veteran uh, not too long ago. I can't remember if he was Afghanistan or Iraq, um, uh, but they just added him recently, uh, Dan McKnight, um, which is great. That does give kind of a veteran point of view of somebody who's actually seen war, but where is more of that? The people that actually can say, I'm against war because I've seen people die. I've seen innocent people die. I've seen, you know, any of that. Where, where are the farmers who had their crops bombed out by Russia or Ukraine in the middle of shelling back and forth? Where are the refugee speakers, you know, people who are actually on behalf of the refugees? Things of that nature. There is one point of view minus like four speakers. Everything else is pro-Russian, pro-Russian. He's, he's still sending uh, pro-Russian bullshit. So... <laughs> No, you're going to be ignored, Tom. I'm sorry, yeah. but uh, you'll just have to get used to it. So, yeah, so continuing on with this, the Scott saga. So, yeah, so Angela enthusiastically invites Scott, um, sends, you know, this little spiel. Um, and, you know, then came the backlash um, for, you know, the LP essentially putting its name to this hot mess of <laughs> you know you know kremlin backed speakers and you know you know a creep and you know and so um angela then you know essentially politely you know it seemed like politely asked but oh, you know at, at this point she hadn't even asked him to leave or anything yet okay uh the first response that she gave to uh mr ritter was that um what would you like me to say to the media on your behalf this she is, was ready to is, defend him in this the rally is a question i have so angela knew before most people knew that there were these criminal convictions against ritter right 
I mean, so, everybody that I know knows. Right. So, okay. I mean, it seems like she enthusiastically invited him without, you know, doing a three second Google search to say, hey, Nick, maybe this guy is Even not a great idea. That she didn't know. Right. And, you know, but then it came up pretty quick. And then, yeah, she was ready to essentially, de you know, de defend, um, yeah, defend him. Um, and then and then it came to the okay nope this is starting to look bad and she still said i'm sorry something along the lines of i'm sorry it came to this we'd really prefer you stay we, we need you to kind of if you would like to take a step back we really you know referring to her and nick uh don't want you to have to but you know things are looking really bad and he offered to basically step aside um, at least that's his accounting. I mean, this could all be cleared up if, you know, Scott or Angela released their email conversations about everything. And then we'll know who's telling the truth because the Libertarian Party statement, Michael Heiss's statements, all are trying to basically say that they were putting pressure on him to withdraw and all kinds of stuff like that. But I mean, the Libertarian Party statement said, we'd really pretty please prefer that he not show up but we're going to do the rally anyways. And I mean, that's basically it. And then they address no other issues with any of the speakers or their pro-war stances. Right. You know, which, which, and, and, you know, that's, and that's a narrative that they've, you know, try to use to, to their advantage. And I've seen this in the past with, with Mises and, um, you know, okay. really hyper, hyper focusing on, on one thing um, or, you know, completely changing what the what the criticism is and then you know running away with that to distract from anything else if you know, i it's may like, if i may yeah. say the part the caucus hell-bent on getting rid of all the drag queen performers and the transvestites and you know trans people in general like for them to just be like we're just going to tell them to stop we're just going to tell them to not come it it's really telling they don't actually believe what they say. I, I can tell you what I would do as the Libertarian Party chair if I was in that seat, um, speaking just, you know, hypothetically, I would have pulled the sponsorship. I would have put up a vote, pulled the sponsorship. This is my reasons why. This is my fault. I'm the one who signed us up for this. I didn't get enough. After the vote was completed, I would resign. Oh, and, and you know, uh, and that's where it gets down to it. It's like JBH, his mess up, doesn't even hold a candle to this wildfire. It wasn't even a. It wasn't even. It a wasn't. Mess up. This it wasn't would, even it was a mess just, up. Uh, this right. would. Well, I mean, like, even if you consider it a mess up, which I do not. I do not believe what JBH did was wrong, or you know, fireable or resignable. Even if you counted what he did as something bad, it doesn't hold a candle to the right. massive shit storm that is happening right now right right and oh, you know and, and that's kind of getting mean, into yeah getting into the libertarian party thing is there's been demands for you know resignations and whatever for for way far less than this way yeah. mess. way, way far less. And, and you want to know what just real quick as long as we're talking about resignations josh smith is the one that resigned because he couldn't tolerate that this continues i mean I'm not going to give him a whole ton of credit. I, I don't really like him anymore. I did way back in the day. You know, we used to be allies and things like that. But I'm going to give a little bit of credit where due, where he basically said, this is not an anti-war rally. You guys are dropping the ball. And there's still all this backroom bullshit that's going on. 
that you guys aren't being upfront about. I hate to nope. say it, but maybe Josh is right here. Oh, Josh is Josh is definitely right. Um, you know, you know whether or not you know this happened to be his reasons or what it does. You know, doesn't matter. He was right. You know, Josh definitely was right in the in his statements regarding this rally, and um, it it really is it. It's just it's it's a terrible terrible look for the LP to be behind any of this, even if Ritter is gone. Um, it it still is, you know, and, and of course, you know, yeah, they, they had the option to, you know, to pull out or, you know, be very stern, um, you know, regarding Scott and, and having him leave. And, you know, nope, they just issued some wishy-washy statements. Scott didn't, you know, Scott left voluntarily because he was never truly directly asked, at least according to him. You know, he got a pretty please, but, you know, no, no firm knows. And, you know, so they so they they bumbled vetting. They bumbled. Um, yeah, they bumbled the vetting. They bumbled, um, you know, handling it when, you know, it kind of blew up that that Scott was a creep. And, you know, and then they more or less doubled down on it. And now, you know, now we're, you know, sunk cost kind of point where they they're just plowing right along and you know they've they've kind of missed every every off ramp <laughs> you know along the way and you know now we're a week out from the from the rally and you know th they may you know they're i you know i i know angela is gonna just pretend oh everything's fine scott's gone now what do you do no there are still that we've been talking about for the last hour and a half major issues with this entire rally and and you know the message that is being delivered with it and you know and now they're gonna have to own that and you know there's gonna be you know there's gonna, <laughs> there's gonna be some some i'm sure really interesting characters there that are gonna make for some great pictures and some um you know and some articles that come out about the you know about the rally and um because, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, at one point, um, yeah, there, there's going to be somebody with a Russian flag there. That's, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And just it, very, this is a PR nightmare that is going to haunt them for a very long time. And yeah. <laughs> I, so has so, Angela tweeted yet that Scott is just a truth seeker? <laughs> Might as well. Right. Although I don't think truth was what he was seeking. <laughs> well, I'm I'm comparing uh, this to the Hotep thing. Yeah. 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 So. So yeah, it, yeah. I mean, she does have a habit of also surrounding herself with some real awful people. Um, they push against McSam. We're in half, right? Well, and I mean, that's the thing is a lot of people threatened, you know. And that's and that's I think one of the things that that caused the LP to just you know be so you know oh please step aside on your own because every you know so many speakers and I know it was you know I, I know it was McAdams you know that really probably pushed um, um so some of the ones that i found out um some of the ones that i found out um for sure that kind of pushed back um at least that i've been told um there was uh obviously um as you said mcadams 
um, and then claiming on behalf of McAdams, uh, Ron Paul, um, Judge Knapp was one of them. Uh, Judge Napolitano, he used to be a speaker. He no longer is. And it, my theory is that he saw the backlash happening to Ritter and his own it's background not, uh, isn't exactly the greatest. And yeah, knew that it yeah. was going to be an issue if he continued on. Right. Yeah, he's um, not at Fox anymore. The same reason why anybody disappears from Fox. And that's the yeah. you know, sexual assault allegations. <laughs> Um, but essentially what I was told is with the old lineup, all but four. So I know Scott Horton did not defend him. Um, Jimmy Dore did. Um, let's see, Tulsi wasn't added yet. Um, and then a couple others. Uh, Medea Benjamin, I believe, when she used to be a speaker, may have defended him. Um, I can't remember on her. Um, but basically it, it was all but four of the lineup back when it was only like 16 speakers or something like that. Now there's like 20 some odd, um, I think 24 speakers now. Um, so 12 people basically stood up and said, we're on his side. Uh, I believe Jackson Hinkle was one that stood up for him. Um, uh, Tara Reed uh, had stood up for him. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't remember who all else, but ba basically, um, you know, I, I, there was only four that didn't. And so it, it's people that are totally okay with, you know, a registered sex offender and somebody who literally said himself, he's not anti-war and that Ukraine is a rabid dog that needs to be put down by Russia. Yep. I mean, to me, the big point here is just how... When JBH resigned, the LPMC pulled it off as just like, this is fair. This is what happens. This is just fair. And then now that their chair has done something way worse that we couldn't even judge on the same Richter scale, it's just like, oh, no, no. She she just made an honest mistake. It was an uh, honest the, mistake. the biggest excuse, and this is one, um, I'll give you guys a little bit of a preview of what's coming out either tonight mm -hmm. or tomorrow please do um, her, her excuse in the chair meeting um was you'll have to give me some leeway because i'm a new mom give me a fucking break <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry I mean, I'm like, i understand that, that precludes you from googling a guy for 10 seconds yeah, motherhood is he's hard. a convicted sex card Motherhood is hard not to put it mildly, but you couldn't fucking the Dr. Google here who gave off medical conspiracies off of Google like it was, you know, some book, you know, that she had just read. No, 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 no. Dr. Google here doesn't get an excuse to not use Google. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and, and I mean, beyond that, uh, I mean, she's still doing all the meetings. She's still doing all of the other stuff. It's and I'm not saying that motherhood isn't hard. I've got six kids. Okay. I have six kids. I know that parenting is difficult. You know, I, I get it, but yet we all seem to pull through and once, and uh, it's, it's a pathetic excuse to me. Right. I can see it maybe like a week or two after, you know, having some issues because I mean, you just had a cesarean, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're coming down off of medications all that kind of stuff. Totally understandable if that's going on. I could point She's to well past things, that point. 
I could point to you a few days after where she Googled where, you know, people providing trans care or doctors providing trans care to trans kids was, you know, this big ordeal. I could see her where she was Googling that, but she couldn't Google a speaker at a an event. Like, that was just too hard to read the Wikipedia Months later. article. Months later. It's like, yeah, give, I'm sorry. Give me a fucking break. You know, and, and that's the thing is it, it really seems like she is doing a lot more to try to cover her own ass as opposed to actually covering the libertarian parties. Yeah. And I mean, and there's just, there's just all sorts of just weird questions from, you know, people that are, you know, it's outside, you know, with just inter interparty politics and stuff just about this entire thing. I mean, it, it, to me, you know, the LP suddenly signed on to this. I didn't see a, necessarily a vote to. Um, so January 8th, is, uh, January 8th is when they had the meeting. It was noticed in December. Um, I can't remember exactly when in December it got noticed, right. whatever the time frame before you got to get things noticed for a meeting. Um, so Angela went ahead and got that noticed. Um, and it was a unanimous vote. And there was hardly any questions from anybody on the board, um, like at, really at all. I mean, there, there was, I think, three questions total, and none of them had to do with anything dealing with liability concerns, how things were being funded, FEC concerns. Um, nothing like that. And then to even kick it up a notch more, she had started acting in the Libertarian Party's name in December, about mid-December, before the vote even happened. Right. The day after she actually noticed it. So in, in other words, this was basically a vote to ratify everything that she had already done. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, yeah, that January vote just seemed, you know, basically a post hoc <laughs> rubber stamp. Um, yeah, just very incredibly opaque, very poor moves um, that that are being done um, from the from the LPs from the LPs end. Um, and just it, it you know and it, it just raises more questions than uh, you know than than answers um because of the lack of transparency and and just the the general well i mean you know you, you as anybody knows you ask her a question that she doesn't like and it's block so <laughs> you know she's she's not she she is not committed to any transparency whatsoever. Um, it's just very, very poor, very, very poor execution all around from start to finish. Um, and, you know, who knows if we'll ever get the, you know, get the transparency that, that should be deserved out of something like this. Yeah, we, we won't find out until the filing deadline uh, for the IRS to even see what they claim got dispersed. I mean, they're saying that they spent uh, 38000 some odd um, for the stage and sound, AV equipment, stuff like that, yeah. and posted uh, some kind of invoice thing, and then a little snippet from the bank account or whatever of the payment being made, blocking out whatever. And, and I understand blocking out the company name. Right. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, keep their privacy. But uh, the 
that that's been it. And now they've actually raised the goal to $68,000. If you've already got, you know, if the speakers were already going to be speaking and you've already got the stage taken up and just real quick, uh, second preview, the reason why there's not more libertarian speakers, according to Angela McArdle, is that she was afraid that they were going to ask for money. Yeah, because yeah, I understand that. Yeah, none of the speakers are being compensated. So I mean, the rally is really just the the money for it is really just the logistics. Well, then why do they yeah. have to increase it another thirty thousand dollars? Right, right. That's the thing is if you've got if you've got the logistics covered and you know you know about how much the logistics are. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, when exactly did they commit to this kind of thing? You know, because they only pretty recently got up to this forty grand. I mean, I believe you know it was a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, you know that that um, you know they were still at you know. Like, sub $20,000. It really only gained some some traction recently. I mean, her her little fundraiser for this organization while well, using LP resources um <laughs> netted I think 1200 bucks that night or something like that. Um Well, and, and see that there's another problem right there and uh when it comes to the 501c4, um you actually can remain anonymous. Um, in your donations, um, anything that is under, um, I, I can't remember what the amount was. I think it was $5,000 does not have to have a name attached to it. So, I mean, you, you know, you, you could have some foreign national that cuts, a, you know, $4,999.99 check and you don't have to report them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what we see also is only, um, their little, uh, payment server that they decided that give butter site or whatever. We don't know if they're receiving any checks. We don't know anything along those lines. I mean, obviously it's not going to be going to the LP headquarters, um, that was listed on the paperwork. It's going to go to the mailing address, which is the PO box. Um, but we, we have no way to really know who is paying for all this and why they suddenly jumped up in all these donations. Now, legitimately, could there be people that support it and are given, you know, 50 bucks and there's a thousand, hundred thousand of them that do it, whatever. Sure. But the reality is, is that we've seen the capabilities of fundraising with the Libertarian Party, um, at, at least with them. And I've seen the financials from the People's Party. Neither of them are really grand fundraisers. They're not. <laughs> uh, Come on, know, the crypto whales are coming, Craig. Uh, it, it's slipping down. <laughs> the only reason why we're even, you know, the Libertarian Party's even in the black right now is because of the convention. I mean, let's just be honest. If it wasn't for the convention that the previous administration had done, they wouldn't even be in the black right now. Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, there's there's definitely I mean, and just so th this is this is very weird for me is um, using a using a crowd crowdfunding site to raise for your nonprofit. It, you know, it, you know, people do that, you know, when they, you know, donate on, you know, on behalf of, you know, so they, you know, when you're acting as an intermediary, um, you know, to donate to a nonprofit or something like that, or, you know, if you're George Santos stealing money for for veterans' dogs um, that has been you know he's been accused of because um, I believe he did did all that through a GoFundMe um, 
it's it's a weird way to raise money for a nonprofit as a as a standard practice through a, through a crowdsourcing. Um, it looks like they did actually add the uh, disclaimer. Um, that Finally. was not that was not there for a very long time. Um, um, Angela used the LP headquarters as her address on the registration in Virginia. Um, just there's just a lot of weird questions that was not handled well, and I mean, you know, and more or less, I mean, it, they're amateurs and they don't they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, you know? I, I mean, even if we go with the best case scenario um, where you know balls were getting dropped left and right. Um, it's just sheer incompetence. The other side of the coin is that this was nefarious purposes and they knew all this behind and they were discussing it all on the secret lists and everything on the LNC business, all that kind of stuff. So either it's sheer incompetence or they had nefarious aims. Neither one of them is good. And that's just a fact. Um, one, one question that's been asked is if this money you know, it gets done and everything. What once we pay for all the sound speakers, whatever, where does the excess go? Nobody's answered that question. Right. Well, I mean, it, right. And yeah, you know, that goes right back to the why did the fundraising, you know, in, you know, why did that, why did that amount increase? Yep. Well, I do have some bad news that my laptop is about to die. So you guys <laughs> may end up losing me. Um, unfortunately, it does not charge when the lid is open. <laughs> all right well um i you know i we've been here for almost two hours we've pretty much covered everything yeah. um we've asked our questions um and so i will wrap it up um like i said at the beginning of the podcast um i mentioned that i will be there um in dc to observe the rally um and so i believe we will be live streaming during that um that's the plan for right now but or at least posting some kind of update um regular updates about the goings on there uh, and um you can read um everything that um scott had or that scott craig, craig i got Don't that <laughs> we spent we spent so much time on scott ritter um that that craig has um written at uh, libertytorchmedia.com I do want to say, yeah, like, uh, uh, thank you, Frank, for being here. Um, uh, it, it's been very enlightening. I know that it is, we may have lost Craig there. Um, I want to say it has been enlightening. We have learned a lot uh, more than we, I think, either, like any of us had thought we would learn. Um, so thank you, Craig, for being here and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Once again, thank you to, you know, thank you to Craig for, for really centralizing this and getting information and being a great, I pointed so many people to this, um, this site and write up just because it is such a good source of, you know, well-written, well-documented, um, information and, you know, and, and Craig definitely checks and double checks everything. You know, it's not, you know, a pile of, of speculation. It's not a, you know, it's not a Tucker Carlson show where we're, you know, just asking questions on, you know, on everything. It's, it's, it's real facts of, of the issues, um, with this rally. Um, and so, and I'm sure this is not the end of it. Um, you know, and like I said, I, th I think this is going to haunt, um, 
I think this is going to haunt the LP uh, for for quite some time. Um, for for many many uh, many reasons, but um, yeah. So it looks like we lost Craig, and um, I th- I think we'll we'll call it a we'll call it a show. So thank you all for joining us. Um, I know John's John's not here. Um, he's usually better at goodbyes than I am. So we'll call it a day. And we'll yep. see you. We'll we'll see you Sunday um, when when I'm there. Yes. Uh, have a have a great uh, have a great rest of your night, everyone. Please do watch our read um, libertytorchmedia.com. Everyone have a good night.